it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesley. Today's episode is one of a five-part series going inside the team's Sweet 16 game against Dakota Wesleyan. The day started with Coach Tonigal challenging the team to pursue the game as a form of worship. Thinking of basketball as worship can seem confusing or intimidating, but Coach Tonigal then played a song for the team with lyrics saying, If everything exists to lift you high, so will I. What followed was one of the most memorable days of worship in IW Hoops history, culminating with senior Trevor Waite calling for a team meeting that evening for the team to worship together again and to share the unique thing God did during the game. Over these five episodes, we will hear from an individual player about their experience of worship during the game in the first half. In the second half, Coach Tonigal will share his insight into the story. At IW Hoops, we believe all of life is worship and that we can pursue God first in any context or environment He puts us in. We hope this five-part series will encourage you to worship God in new and fresh ways. We're joined again by senior Trevor Waite talking about the Sweet 16 game against Dakota Wesleyan. Trevor, last episode, we talked about Coach Tonigal's challenge for us going into the national tournament about focusing on the unseen and, and praying that into existence for our teammates. What do you remember your prayer life being for your teammates going into that week? Right, yeah, it's it's kind of a counter countercultural thing to focus your eyes on what is not seen. Um, and just like when Coach uh, brought that word to the team, I think we, we spent a, a few days just like unpacking what it means um, to be able to really set your sight on the unseen. Um, but once we got a good grasp on it, uh, we were able to just pray for our teammates, um, for things outside really of basketball. You know, some guys I was praying for, um, clarity with basketball related things, but other guys, it was like, God, help this guy um, to be able to go into the game with freedom, not being weighed down by um, what's going on outside of basketball, but be able to just, you know, be one with the team. And that morning, Coach Tonigal opened the scouting report by saying, guys, we're not focusing yet on the details of the game. We're going to worship. And we played this song, So Will I, that had a lot of meaning behind it as the story will be told in the next couple games and we just worship as a team but I want to fast forward with you to this moment before the game yeah because something most people probably don't know is before every game you and I will stand at midcourt mm-hmm. a few minutes before the game and we'll pick a teammate to pray for and we don't close our eyes and we don't fold our hands we just stand like we're having a conversation yeah and we pray for a specific teammate whoever we feel like God's putting on our heart for that game mm-hmm. and what I'll never forget was I prayed first, and it was your turn, but you were just so overcome, you couldn't speak. Yeah. What happened in that moment? I've never, I've never felt that before. Um, I hope I can, you know, do justice with the story because uh, it was such an awesome moment. But, um, yeah, I just felt overcome by just, like, just love. And uh, you, you prayed for me. 
that I would, you know, really that game be able to focus my my mind and focus my heart, you know, have a, a posture of heart that's set on my teammates and um, set on, you know, the not outcome, not performance, but really just uh, to have it set on uh, the the well-being and, you know, the the faith of the team as a whole. And to to hear that um, going into, which, which game was that, the Sweet 16, um, it was just... I needed that at that moment and um, that before that game I was really getting my shot up uh, I was for some reason I was super I was just getting pretty nervous for the game uh, I hadn't really been nervous the previous two games but there was something about that game that I was thinking man this is my game you know I'm gonna get a bunch of shots up I'm gonna hit a bunch of threes and I was in my own head um, thinking about my performance and so for you to just like ground me and to to remind me of why I played my senior year I was just overcome by emotion and I I couldn't speak it's interesting that you say that because you and I haven't talked about this moment really since and I'm remembering your commitment before the season when you said I'm not going to focus on performance my entire goal is going to be to lead this team spiritually to love God and love my teammates well and anything that comes will be an overflow of that, not yeah. because I'm trying so hard to have success. So in that moment, we're in the Sweet 16, and you start to think about success. Mm-hmm. But then unbeknownst to me, this is how God seems to work in prayer. He speaks through the prayer of another to you saying, you're starting to focus your thoughts on the wrong thing. Yeah. What happened for you in that moment? Yeah, you know, it was, I just, I really needed that word at that time um, to to reset my mindset on um what what we said at the beginning of the year which was you know just it's not about performance it's about the people um to really at that moment to tell me that especially with the thoughts that were going on in my head um I don't know it's it took me during that prayer I was journeying through our season um seeing how God had his hand on me how he was guiding me um and every time that I would come to a, a decision, whether it's I can, you know, focus on myself or focus on my teammates. I'm sure there were times where I picked myself um, and, you know, I, I wish I, I wouldn't have. But so many times um, God helped me focus on my teammates or the coaches helped me focus on my teammates. And it's like being able to see um, – a goal that we set at the beginning of the season, not just be empty words, but to be something that we as a team, um, you know, uh, me and the coaches were able to put into action um, with the help of God. It was just, it was so overwhelming. And that's, that is the feeling that I had in that moment um, was just God saying, you know, so will I. (laughs) And it was fun to watch you play. You struggled with foul trouble, so you only were able to play 12 minutes. Yeah. But in that 12 minutes, you hit three threes, you scored 11 points, and I don't have the numbers in front of you, but my hunch is in a game we won by one, we might have been plus 10 in the 12 minutes you played. So it came to life. You focused on God and others, and then you played yeah. a high-level game. But at the time, and even as the game went along, as coaches, we weren't aware there was something deeper happening. I just thought – Hey, Trevor was emotional 
in this game. Mm-hmm. I didn't think twice about it until about three hours after the game. You text us and you said, coaches, we have to have a meeting tonight. Something deeper happened in our team today. Yeah. Why did you send that text? You know, it was, it's like you're not going to have that many more moments. Um, as a senior leader on the basketball team that's not playing anywhere after college, it's like, you know, this is this is kind of the last chance I might get to really bring a, a team together and um, and just, you know, unpack what happened that day. And it was so important that we did because that night guys were – you know, the spirit was flowing through that little hotel room that we were all packed into. And, um, yeah, that's one moment that I'll never forget. And something that just came to mind was my sophomore year when we were in Hawaii, I remember walking with Coach T along the beach, and he told me, one day this team is going to be yours, and you can either turn it over or, you know, you can assist uh, you can assist God and his will being done. And mm. I kind of I thought about that that day, and I thought about, you know, this is a moment where, if, if it is left unsaid, you know, if we don't have a conversation about what happened that day, that's kind of like, just turning it over, you know, you're just you're wasting a possession, and it's like, I really wanted guys to know how important it was to reflect on spiritual moments, and that was by far one of the biggest spiritual moments I had had. And I know at least four or five other guys had spiritual moments that day. So yeah, when we, when we went into that hotel room, it was like everyone had something to say about something different that they experienced that day. Um, and I remember we played the song, let it rain. And it's basically a song that just asked God to, to pour his blessings out. And, um, it's, I'll never forget the moment or the, the feeling in that room, just looking around, seeing everyone in genuine worship and everyone being there, not because they had to, but because they wanted to. Um, and God was doing work in our lives. And for me, you know, when I look back on the season, the season was a success, a success for me because of that moment. You know, we didn't win the championship, but that moment I'll always look back on and say, man, God moved that day. And, you know, it was, it was a, it was just a really awesome day. And I'm excited to take listeners inside four other moments that happened during the game that were shared that night as a team. But I got to ask you, Trevor, somebody who's been through this four years saying we're going to worship while we play basketball can be kind of confusing. It can seem (laughs) ethereal almost. Like, hey, what do we do? We sing while we run down the court? You know, what is that? As you've grown and come to understand that, what do you think it means to worship while we play basketball or while we go to work as an accountant? Right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that was something that I had never heard before, you know, making the game worship. I never heard that before until I came here. Uh, DJ Bettinger and Johnny Marlin, they were the ones that first, like, introduced me to that idea. I honestly didn't understand it fully until this year. Uh, I, I kind of people would say that, and I'd be like, "Yeah, that sounds great," you know, to to go out and to worship while we play. Um, but I never really understood it until it happened for me. Um, I guess I always perceived it as when you worship when you're playing, it's like how do other people 
Um, what are they taking away? You know, what are the fans coming and seeing? Um, you know, how are they how are they perceiving our game as worship? But when when we had that moment and in that Sweet 16 game, I finally understood what it meant to worship while we played. And it's, you know, like I said earlier, to have a posture of heart and to have this, the mindset of Christ while you're playing the game, um, it's, it's crazy. It's hard to explain, but to know that when you're in that moment, it's bigger than basketball um, and to, to be one in that, whereas everyone on the team felt the same way and had the same mindset. That's when worship occurs. Um, yeah, I mean. And what I really hear you saying is God first. Yeah. Others second. I am third. That's a life of worship. And Coach T's going to come on in the second half and talk about this. A lot of times when people hear I am third, what they hear is put others before yourself. But really, I am third. The primary thing is God is first. And when that comes to life, that's worship in whatever we're doing. And you're going to hear from Coach T on that in the second half. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I Am Third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I Am Third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're joined again by Coach Tonegal. And Coach, we're in the beginning of a five-part series where we're talking about how a team worship during a game. But I want to first go back to last episode, episode 4.17, where you talked about a Devo, about the unseen that you gave to the team before we left. For listeners who didn't hear that episode, could you give a quick recap? Uh, what I shared with the guys was a story out of Second Kings that had meant a lot to me. In fact, I believe I had shared that story in 2014, but God had kind of circled me back to it. And it's just a simple story of, of Elisha and uh, his people um, were surrounded by the, the enemy's army. And they wake up one morning and his um, assistant uh, is just scared to death. He's, he's fearful because he looks out and he sees uh, the enemy encamped. But Elisha takes a different approach. Um, he just prays that God would open his eyes to the reality of the situation. And all of a sudden, he looks and he sees God's army is, is actually out there encamped also and protecting them. And uh, the story goes on that, that the Lord delivers them for victory. And what I challenged our guys with was sometimes in our own lives, fear blocks us or restricts us. It paralyzes us, keeps us from seeing all that God would have us to see. And we need a friend, we need a teammate, we need a family member in our lives to um, open our eyes, to, to help us see the reality of what's going on. So I told our guys for the next uh, period of time, which was the national tournament, unplug from anything that's distracting you and, and lock into God's word and your teammates and be Elisha. Ask God to reveal to them something that maybe they cannot see. That leads us to Trevor Waite, because 
at the beginning of this season, we we shared the story of Trevor, how he almost didn't play his senior season because he had misplaced his identity. And he, he decided to play only when he could lock into primarily being a spiritual leader and not worried about performance, not worried about how he is shooting the ball, but just focus on investing in his teammates spiritually. And that leads us to this moment with Trevor. But before we get to the moment he shared about in the first half, what did you see from him in terms of growth and leadership throughout the year? Well, it was it was awesome to see. I think we all have our ups and downs, and, and Trevor happened to experience his in the in the latter half of his junior year. But but I thought he responded well. There were some tough conversations. There were some honest conversations where he was able to share with us, and you know I think some areas that helped us improve as as coaches. But then what we did was we we really tried to I guess express to him that we believed in him and we were going to empower him as a leader and. And the role we wanted him to come back for senior year wasn't necessarily guaranteed a basketball role full of production, but it was a role of spiritual leadership, which is what he was gifted for, which is why I think he was he was called to our team because he was so gifted in that area, cared about people. He was uh, able to invest into our team one by one, and he began to do that his senior year, and it, it culminated all year long up until the national tournament. On top of that, though, he had a great season. He shot the ball really well. He defended. He made big plays in big moments. What was the connection between the two? That's what I love about it. So he focused less on basketball than he ever has, but yet his his production increased, and so did his success. And that's just one of the paradoxes of the kingdom. You know, as we lean into God's way, uh, he somehow takes the burden off of us, takes the pressure off of us, and the results are up to him. And we're learning to, uh, I guess, walk by faith in that way more and more. I think our program, we'd say we focus less maybe on recruiting now than we have, than we did 10 years ago, but we're getting better recruits. We focus less now on basketball. We focus more on the spiritual development of our guys, but our teams are better now. And so we're, we're called to prioritize the kingdom, seek ye first the kingdom, and all things will be added. Uh, that sounds great, but that's very difficult to do in, in, a, in a dog-eat-dog world and a very competitive culture. But uh, we're called to live outside of that and to be people of a different kingdom. We heard from Trevor about the moment on the court before the game where he just had a moment of worship with God and he broke down and he, he took us through how he almost saw his season flash before his eyes and the highs and lows and he saw God in all of it. And I want to contrast that to a moment you had that you've told this story about when you were playing in the state finals back when Hoosier Hysteria was at its peak. Uh, can you take listeners inside that moment? So growing up in the state of Indiana, I mean, basketball's king, and uh, that's all we did Friday, Saturday nights, uh, all week long. And I had this dream as a boy that, you know, I wanted to win a state championship because I had, I had experienced uh, just Hoosier hysteria at its best. Well, in 1997, it was the last single-class basketball tournament where everybody was in one class, and they had made the decision to move to the class system the next year. Well, it created quite the uproar in the state of Indiana because people didn't didn't like that change. But we made a run that year, uh, went to LaPorte High School, and uh, we were down at State. And I remember walking out. It was in the Hoosier Dome where the Colts played. And up on the screen flashed 28,380. And that was the attendance of that state finals that day. And I walked out, and where I guess I was spiritually at that moment was I said, God, these people are here to, to watch me play, and this is why. I've been created. And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but that's about the opposite reason why I was created. And I went out, and I tell this story because it plays a big part of my testimony. I probably played the worst game of the year. I was focused on myself, and I was focused on uh, just proving my performance. And as a result, 
didn't play well. We get beat by a last second shot. And it was a formative moment in my testimony where God began to really flip my identity to one focused on performance to then one focused on God first and others second. What's so intriguing about that moment, though, is that you had pure intentions. You were trying to use the moment for God, even if the, if it was self-focused. So how can we sometimes do that as we, we think we're putting God first, but slightly we, we shift and, and we get a little bit off course and all of a sudden it becomes about us? Well, I, it's just misplaced ambition, I think. It's as I... I don't want our guys to change the way they're wired. And for me, I'm, I'm very competitive, um, very ambitious. I don't think that's wrong, but it's where am I going to place that ambition? Where am I going to place that competitiveness? Whereas the time I placed it all in myself. Now I'm learning to place that towards God and towards other people and help other people grow, help other people succeed. And when I do that, there's so much more fulfillment and enjoyment. On our next episode, we'll continue the conversation about worship and basketball specifically talking to Seth Maxwell about the Sweet 16 game against Dakota Wesleyan and how he hopes a picture of joy-fueled aggression can help shape who he becomes over the next three years. Coach Tonga will join in the second half to reflect. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask IWOO Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWOOHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember... If you want to be first, first find a way to be third.